So as we start, I know you just sat down, but this is what I like to do. I want to give honor to the Word of God. So if you could stand, open your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 4, starting at verse 13. Nehemiah chapter 4, starting at verse 13. Okay? Therefore, I positioned men. Say position. Behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings. And I set the people according to their families, say families, families. with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight. For your brethren, say, fight for your brethren. Fight for your, brethren. your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, say nothing, nothing. that all of us return to the wall. Say, return to the wall. Everyone to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens, loaded themselves so that with one hand they had his sword girded at his side as he built. Oh, did I skip something? They worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that you are our Father, our good Father who loves us so much. And as our Father, you always speaks to us. And you always provide for us. And you always lead us to your ways, Lord. Father, we ask that you would empower your sons and daughters to hear the voice of their Father. And to rise up. And to stand where you have called them to stand. And to maintain that position in the kingdom, in this house. Help us, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, so last Sunday we started a new series called Open House. Everybody say Open House. We wanted to remind our members and our leaders and then also show the new visitors, uh, the attenders, who we are as a house. And so the vision... Okay, the vision of this house is God truly among us. Everybody say, God truly among us. God truly among us. So the value that empowers that vision is that is spirit-centric experience. What we want, why we exist here in Emeryville and in San Francisco is to show people that God is real. And he is truly among us. And the way we show that is by providing a place where the manifest presence of Jesus can be encountered, felt, and known. So everything is about God 
self-centeredness, right? Remember, we started 15 years ago with one phrase. There is no brokenness that cannot be mended by God's presence. We want people, people to not come experience church. When people come to Living Hope, we want people to experience and encounter the living God. Amen? So that's our vision. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, starting at verse 24. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his hearts are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among them. That's our vision. God truly among us. I don't know if you guys remember two, three weeks ago, we called out a man sitting on that side and a woman sitting on that side, right? Yeah. Just like we called Stanley, sorry Stanley for scaring you like that, right? We do that. Remember? Remember we did that to you last Sunday, right? And as they came forward, right? Right? And something in me made me ask, do you guys know each other? Because they were not sitting together and he's like, that's my wife. That was like three weeks ago, yeah. right? And then as we prophesied over them, God, I mean, spoke something very specific, right? Very, very specific. And they brought an unbelieving sister. They have a church that they go to, but they came here because their unbelieving sister lives around here, right? And for their sister to actually see, right? Convinced by all, convicted by all. Wow, God is real. God is truly among them. Did you experience that last Sunday? I'm glad you're back. <laughs> so that's what Benjamin spoke last Sunday. This Sunday, we're preaching out of our mission statement, which is sons and daughters that prophesy. Okay? And the value that supports that is personal relatability. It comes out of Joel 2.28, and it shall come to pass, after that, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. You may ask, oh, this charismatic church, everything about prophecy. And you know what Benjamin said, right? And that um, long time ago, you know what prophecy is? It is just repeating what God said. You know, a few months ago, Alethea and I were together, and she was like, I'm bored. And I was like, you know, Alethea, being bored is good for your brain. Actually, it's really good for you, so enjoy it. <laughs> Be bored. Don't try to yeah. do something fun right now. Your brain needs to rest, right? And then a few days later, she had a um, play date with her friend, and her friend's like, I'm bored. And then Alethea, I heard her, right? Alethea goes, you know what? Being bored is good for your brain. <laughs> Alethea just prophesied. She just repeated what her mom said. What we believe is that God is not just the creator, but he's our father. Not just the father, but a good father. And good father always speaks to his children and as, as as sons and daughters of God when we prophesy it just means we hear God and we just repeat what God says and I bet a lot of you if you have been attending living hope at least few months I bet you have been prophesying you and you didn't even know it 
And you're talking to your friend or your coworker, and they're discouraged, and, and you encourage them, and you walk away saying, whoa, where did that come from? Anybody experience that? Yeah. Right? And you walk away thinking, wow, that was God. You may not have said, thus says the Lord, but you repeated what you heard from God. That's prophesying. Hmm? I don't know if you remember when Pastor uh, Robert came and preached. He said, right, you are entering into a season of restoration. And when you heard that, I don't know if you remember, a few weeks ago, I also preached and prophesied. That God is going to restore everything that we have lost in the last season double. Remember that? That God is in the business of bringing restoration in this house, in your life, and in my life. Right? So, look at your neighbor and say, maintain your position. Okay? So, I was watching a movie in Houston, Texas, right, with my friend. I watched this Korean movie called The Great Battle. And in the middle of watching the movie, I, I'm serious, I really felt the presence of God coming down. I had to pause the movie and I had to write down the prophetic word to living hope, sons and daughters of God. Maintain your position. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, maintain your position. So, The movie was about way before the Republic of Korea was like formed, right? Goryeo did. It's like long, long time ago, right? And so Korea, before it was Korea, (laughs) went to a war, went to a battle. And over like 500,000 soldiers went out. And it was such a loss that only less than 10,000 people came back. It It was a loss. And before the king ran away to the capital, he got a soldier and says, you know what? You know that city called Anxi, whatever, right, city? He said, the commander didn't come. He betrayed us. I want you to go. Even though I'm going to run away for my life, I want you to go and kill him. So king goes, and the spy, the soldier, goes to this region, right? With King gives him a knife, right? And he's, he's ready to, to, to do what the king says, and he was going to go kill. And when he went, right, he was kind of confused because this commander was so nice. The, the first scene is the, the spice coming, and the, the commander is helping this grandmother, right, who's a grandmother of just a regular... Not a leader, not a rich person, but just regular person. This grandmother who had an Alzheimer, he was bringing bringing her back to the city. He was pushing the cart with horses. He was like down there with the regular people, right? And then this spy is trying to like hiding out. when, When can I kill him? And then at night, this king goes out. And so this spy follows him. And the king goes with the little bag. Right? And he enters a house. And then the spy looks in. Right? And then the, not king, the commander. The commander is holding a newborn baby, like, you know, gooey, 
saying like, oh, he's so cute. And, and the, these are very poor family. And husband and wife's like, oh, commander, I can't believe you're here. And I can't believe you brought these gifts, this food to us. Thank you so much. And, and the commander is like, a new baby has been born in our city. How could I not come? Oh, he's so cute. Oh, so personable. He had personal relationship with common people. And the spy is like, what is going on? And he saw these soldiers and, 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 and leaders that are next to this king, I mean, commander. And like they would give their life, they would sacrifice their life for what their commander believed in, right? And so the the movie scene, right? The enemy that just killed 400, like 90,000 of his, of his country, the commander, that king is saying, we're going to take over the whole Korea. And the way we're going to do is we're going to take over the capital. And the way we're going to take over the capital is by going through this region where this commander is. And the enemy brings thousands and thousands and thousands of foot soldiers and all these, and they surrounded this city. And they had like a, like a like wall, right? Now, the commander knew exactly what to do. They only had 5,000 soldiers against thousands and thousands and thousands of enemies, right? And when the enemy came, the commander said, to your position, and then shh, right? Everybody stood with their soldiers behind them. And against the, against the whole wall, there were like all these soldiers standing, their guard, right? And they're ready to fight. And as the enemy came, they were fighting. And, and, and they, you know, a few battles, they were winning. Right? But then the, the enemy was, there were so many of them, they kept coming and coming, and they were losing their position, right? And they're getting beat up, and, right? And their people are getting killed. And then the commander's like, maintain your position. And then when they heard their commander's voice, maintain, they got up and they, they were like fighting and killing, right? And they went back to their position and they're fighting. They were maintaining. And you know, at the end of the story, Right? They win because the few soldiers trusted their commander. Oh, there's another scene, right? These thousands of overtaking, and they're about to die. Like, they're about to, like, really overcome, right? And then there were other, like, like horse soldiers, right? And then the bow soldiers, whatever you call them. They were on, and they were like, oh, my God, they're seeing, they're seeing them getting all, right, beat up. And they're like, we need to go. We need to go help them. And the leader of that group's like, no, we only move when the commander tells us to. But they're going to, if they're going to, no, we're, they're going to all die. He's, and he just looked at that person and said, trust the commander. <laughs> trust the commander. Maintain your position. In that moment, Holy Spirit came all over me. I was like, oh, God, yes, Lord. I'm going to go back to my spiritual place, and I'm going to maintain my position. Maintain my position. And Nehemiah, right, he comes to Jerusalem with the king's help, right, and resources. And the first thing that he does in Nehemiah chapter 2 is he makes an assessment. For three days, he goes around and sees 
Francis, you want to put that up there? He sees, he goes from one gate to another gate, right? He goes from one area to another area, and he sees all these walls, right? He sees all these gates that were burned with fire, the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down. He's assessing, right? And then verse 17, he says to the leaders of Jerusalem, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hand to this good work. I wanted to go to Nehemiah chapter 4. So he assesses and he activates the men of Jerusalem. Come on, you guys. Look at this broken down wall. Look at this gate that's all burnt down. God's hand is upon us. It's time to build. Let's build the city of God. And so they said, let's do it. He assesses and he activated. And once he activated, if you look at chapter 3, okay, I'm going to skip chapter 3. It just talks about family by family. He names every family that he positioned against the wall, okay? It says, therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked, and I arose, and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren. See, in this scene, right, they're about to be overcome. And, and some, of the lead, like, some of the leaders like, are we still going to fight, mm. even though we know we're going to lose? Mm. And some lady, like witchcraft lady, goes on her knees and begs in tears, please, king, just surrender, or else we're going to all die. Just surrender to the enemy. At least we could live. People are begging, please. And the, king, the commander said, I did not learn how to surrender. Only thing I know how to do is fight. And then he looked at his people. Come on, look, guys. Look behind you. Fight for the ones that you love. Fight for your city. Fight for your sons and daughters. Fight for your family. And then they were like, yeah, right? And then they fought. And then they won. It was a powerful movie. It's called The Great Battle. You should watch it, right? Here, Nehemiah, right? He, he, God called Nehemiah to rebuild the walls and the city of Jerusalem. He goes, he assesses, he activates, and he calls people into positions. You know, this morning during our prayer, pre-service prayer, I had leaders stand from that wall to that wall, shoulder to shoulder. You know, sometimes when you think about doing great things for God, right? Building the church of God, building the kingdom of God. Oh, the greatness is in me. Oh, when you look at our, our society, the fire here, the fire there, the shooting down there, and the earthquake over there, and when we hear all 
all these things, bad news, bad news, bad news. People are dying. People are getting hurt. And, and we feel so overwhelmed that we become discouraged. And when we become discouraged, you know what happens? The enemy doesn't use new tactics. Even here in Nehemiah, when they started building the wall, you know the enemies, you know what they said? The Sandalit and Tobiah, they're like, oh, oh, what do you think you're doing? Even a grasshopper could break down the wall that you're building. They're laughing at them. They're saying you cannot do it. They're, they're, they're accusing them. And when they didn't stop, they're saying, oh, Nehemiah, right? You better come down over here. We, 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 have, we need to discuss because I'm going to tell the king that you're trying to, right? You're trying to become a king here, right? You're, tr- we're, you're, you're in trouble. You don't, you, don't, you don't want trouble, so come down to the Valley of Ono. Come on, let's discuss this, right? The enemy is saying, you're not good enough. Look at your family. What do you mean you're going to help the church out? What do you mean you're going to serve? Take care of your own family. Look at your finances. What do you mean you're going to tithe? Right? The enemy keeps coming at us. Nobody cares what you're doing. It's not significant. The enemy comes and speaks lies. Come down. Come down to the valley of no oh no. Right? The enemy tries to, the enemy's tactic is get you away from your position, your position, saying that it's insignificant, saying that what you do won't matter, saying that you're not powerful enough, saying that you're not strong enough, saying that you're not smart enough. Hmm? Oh, you know, our, our, our connectors, right? I, I, could, I could just hear the enemy saying, sitting up the table out there and making some coffee, what is that? That's not spiritual. That's nothing. But you know what God showed me? In every place where God has placed you in this house, it's significant. It's significant. You matter, and what you do matters, right? So let me have five of you come stand right here. Let me show you. And sometimes, you know, you're like, okay, I'm new here, but but I'm, I'm... I want to be part of this house. Or you've been here for a while. I'm like, you know what? Okay, okay, God is calling me, right? And you're like, but what, I don't know what to do. What can I do? And you, you sign up, and, you know, the leaders of this house, okay, okay, can you, can you, like, gather our people and pray? Can you do missions? Like, can you pray and, and activate our people to be missional here? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, can you uh, look for people and activate them, you know? Um, can you, what do you do here? Can you do everything what your wife says? And can you drive Pastor Sonny around, right? And <laughs> can you uh, work Pastor Sonny out, right? Oh, can you help out uh, with the setup? Oh, can, she, actually, people like that do more than, right? Can you, can you do, can you join the missions team and act, help us do, become missional in local outreach? Whatever it is, can you make coffee? Every Sunday, can you teach our children? Can you lead worship? Can you play bass? Can you play piano? Can you count money? Hmm? Can you do counseling? Can you, whatever, right? Whatever God is calling you, right? But when you stand, once you stand here, the enemy is not going to leave you alone. No matter how insignificant that position may feel, 
you know what, the enemy is going to attack them so that if the enemy could at least get one out. You know, Chung, you're not even a director. You know, like they don't really need you. So, you know, just you don't need to show up. You don't need to go pray. You don't need to go pray. You don't need to help set up. You don't need to drive her around. You know, you don't need to do the dirty work of missions department. Like you don't, you don't have to do that. And if the enemy could just take him out. <laughs> okay, you can sit. There's a gap. No matter how insignificant that may be, once there is a gap, the enemy goes in. An enemy can bring destruction in the house. If the enemy could bring destruction in the house, temporarily the enemy can bring destruction in the kingdom. You build the kingdom of God by building the house of God. And you build the house of God by maintaining your position. And often, often, this is how you look like. You're here. Uh, you just want to hide. And when you hear the commander say, maintain your position, you know what you have to do? There are soldiers, enemies around you. You're down on the ground. You haven't been showing up to church. You have, you have to say, you know what, in this season, I have to step down. So you step down for a season. And then once you step down, you know what happens? Oh, you're too busy, and you end up not coming to Sunday worship. And then once you stop coming to church for a while, all these lies, you fight with your family a little more, right? And you get tempted a little more, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll go to a bar with you. Yeah, I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to sin. And you drink just a little too much, right? And you get a ticket, right? And then it just takes you further away from your position. Today, the word of God is look around. Assess your spirituality. Where are you? Are you standing in your position? Or are you so far away, beating down by the lies of the enemy? You don't belong. You don't matter. You take care of yourself. What can you do? And in those moments, no matter where you find yourself in this season, the word of the Lord is maintain your position. But God, my position was way over there and I'm all the way right here. I haven't even been to my home church. Now some of you are probably here. You don't go to Living Hope. You haven't been to your church. I, I'm, oh, the pastor is speaking to me, but I, don't even, I haven't even been to my church. God, I don't even know how to pray anymore. You find yourself away from your position. And the way you do is by hearing the voice of God. And you start the word of the Lord, the sword of the spirit. And you start, bam, destroying that lie. You don't belong, bam. Oh, you're, you're too weak, bam, right? Oh, you know, nobody cares if you come or not. They do care. <laughs> oh, pastors don't even know you exist. They do know. Oh, your leader, Erin doesn't care. She doesn't even like you. She loves me. <laughs> that by coming against every lie of the enemy, one slash at a time with the word of God. Hmm? Oh, 
Oh, you're not that anointed. Who do you think you are? Yes, I am. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. You know what? Being a child of God itself, I have been anointed to stand in my place. Living hope, the word of God to you and I, maintain your position. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, in the movie, they brought this, like, I love these movies. They brought this, like, big old stair thingy, right? They built a stair, right? And it's, like, really, really big. And they pushed it against the wall, right? And then it, the, 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 the stair was built so well, like, it, they weren't climbing like this. They could just, soldiers, like, tens and hundreds of times, they could run up the stairs. And they came over the wall, and they were destroying people, and they were losing. And then when the commander saw what's happening over there, he said, close for, what is that? Close order formation. Say, I, I, any soldiers? Close order formation. <laughs> and then all these people that were like fighting their own battle, they all ran to this place, and they stood side by side with the shield. And then one step at a time, boom, boom. Boom! And all the enemies, they fell off! Wow, wow, wow. You know what I think that close form, formation, wait, close order formation is? Can you put that on this? <laughs> Definition A close order formation is a military tactical formation wherein soldiers are close together and regularly arranged for the tactical concentration of force. Close order Formation is our prayer movement. When you come Sunday shift, 10 a.m. to pray, you're, you're fighting, you are walking in your place, you're standing in your position. But when you come to prayer, boom, close order formation. And we are pushing every lie of the enemy out of our house. Wednesday night prayer. Close order formation. Huh? Nehemiah chapter 419, it says, Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. When the trumpet sounds, close order formation. Sunday morning, Wednesday night, trumpet is sounding and God is calling his people to come together to break down the stronghold of the enemy that is coming against his people. Close order formation. When you maintain your position, and the only way you can maintain your position is if you trust your commander. And you cannot trust your commander unless you have a personal relationship with that commander. Just like in the movie, everyone, everyone was willing to sacrifice their own life to fight for their city. Why? Why? Because they trusted their commander. God is our commander. But often, instead of trusting in our commander, what do we do? We freak out. Once you freak out, 
Once you freak out, the enemy takes over. But he just doesn't take over your mind. He takes over your family. And he just doesn't take over your family, but he takes over your church, your community. Hmm? I hear the Lord saying, you know what? You've been distracted a lot with a lot of things to do, busyness in life, a lot of things. You've been busy. And God is saying the only way for you to maintain your position is coming back, coming back to your first love with God. And as you walk closer to God, as you renew your intimacy with God, when enemy comes against you, you just need to look at your commander. And no matter how impossible the situation may get, you just look at the commander. And you could trust your commander. Then you could remain in your position. I told you last two two Thursday morning, I had to call 911. That was my first time, right? Calling 911 because my husband is on the floor in our bedroom and he can't move. And so the ambulance came, they took him to the hospital, and I told you all he did was sleep, 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 right? For 24 hours, he just slept. And it was, it was by the grace of God, we were able to go home the next day, right? He has this thing called vestibular neuritis. It's a nerve between your ear and your brain. It's inflamed, okay? And so it's like vertigo, but it's not really a vertigo. So he had dizzy spells and, you know, he couldn't walk, right? And so we went home on Friday. And with that, yay, Jesus, he's completely well. We're like, yay, he just needed to sleep for 24 hours. And then on Sunday, we overworked. Oh, you're better. Now work. You preach, you lead, right? Go teach. So all day Sunday, we didn't come home till like late at night, right? And then Monday, he was like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm well. Right? By Tuesday, we go to our cafe where we meet our staff. And b- before our staff comes, so Benjamin and I are having one-on-one meeting. I'm his wife. I love him. Right? I want the best for him. I'm having a meeting with him. And it got, a, I'll just be real with it, got a little bit stressful, right? a little bit intense. right? And as we're having some stressful, intense meeting, all of a sudden, before my eyes, my husband's eyes, right? It's like everywhere. And then he just goes. And I was like, Benjamin, Benjamin, <laughs> Benjamin, do I have to call 911? Benjamin, snap out of it. And then he went, Benjamin, do I need to call 911? Are you okay? He's like, no, you don't have to call 911. But you don't look normal. So I had to take him home. And he went to the doctor's. And the doctor said, for next, even though you're better, um, any stress could inflame that nerve. (laughs) And once it's inflamed, the doctor said, you're going to end up at the hospital again. And the doctor said, for next two to three weeks, you cannot be stressed. You shouldn't probably go to work and so he's like, and so Benjamin told the, our staff, and so he stayed in, and he's like, but, but, I'm going to rest well during the week, 
so I could preach on Sunday. So that one he doesn't want to give up. I don't know, Kevin, you could talk to him, right? So he, and I told him, I told him, Kevin, I said, just sit down and just speak quietly. Don't get too excited. <laughs> Even like happy excitement, ah, like it gets inflamed, right? So I'm like, and people want to have meetings with us. I was like, you can meet with me, not my husband. He can't handle anything right now, right? So in the midst of all this happening, right, I'm, I feel like what's, I'm trying to maintain my position. People are like, how are you, pastors? And all is well. If you fight, you will win. We have won. The warfare is over. The warfare is over, guys. All is well. Husband falls down. 911. Right, I have to take him. What's going on? In that moment, I look up. I trust my commander. And my pastor comes to the hospital and says, Sonny, he comes in like year to year, so happy. (laughs) I was like, why are you so happy? Because I've been praying for you guys. Oh, okay. And Benjamin, at that time, he had no consciousness. He was like in and out. And Pastor Roberts was looking at Benjamin just year to year, smiling. Like, why, why are you so happy? Because I've been praying for you, and God says, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. God, he, out of his delight, is giving you guys opportunity to rest. You have fought a good fight. Now it's time to rest. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, you, you know Pastor Roberts, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, with that. I can't be like, but Pastor Robert, I can't. It's like when somebody's like so sure, <laughs> even though, but, but. <laughs> all is well. <laughs> and then when he walked out, I remember walking back into the room. <laughs> God is just giving us an opportunity to rest. Amen. All is well. Amen. You see, God is a personal God. We always preach that Christianity is not a religion, but relationship. Relationship. When you have a relationship with somebody, you spend time with that person. You hear what they say, and your heart is connected to their hearts. Living hope, God is saying, maintain your position as a child of God. You don't need to go through 20 years of therapy, five years of inner healing, one year of deliverance to get to your position. (laughs) As a child of God, God is calling you to your kingdom position. And being a child of God, you are already anointed, strong enough to be victorious where God has called you. When people maintain their position, they could not build the wall for years. But you know what? It only took 52 days. Look at verse 15. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul, which is in 52 days. God is calling us. If I could have worship team come up. God is calling you. Maybe you're not from living hope. But you know, you know Jesus. God is saying, I'm calling you back to your position. 
and maybe you are from Living Hope and you haven't been here for a while, God is saying, I am calling you back to your position. And maybe you've been serving and you've been feeling like, does it really matter? The answer is yes. The word of God to you and I today is maintain your position. 